the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Word of God is filled with the most fascinating stories. What's even more incredible, they're all true because His Word is truth. As His children, we should be excited about His Word. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to celebrate the Word. He'll be teaching from Psalms 119, verse 162. Good morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of God this morning? Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? God is good. When you consider the calamities that are going on all around you and all over this world and how people are destroyed and through cyclones and earthquakes and all kinds of things, that could be any of us. And we ought to be truly grateful that we are in the house of God and not in some hospital bed. Amen? So if you'd be so kind enough, the Lord is launching a series that he has placed on my heart thousands of miles away, and we are going to uh, commence that series at this particular time. Uh, We want you to be so kind enough to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 162. It will be our theme verse for a number of Sundays, and uh, we want you to hang with me. And we want to see what God has to say to us from his written word. Psalms 119, verse 162. And there you will find these words. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I repeat it again. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. You need to underline that, highlight it, put some asterisks around it, because that's a tremendous thought from the Scripture, a tremendous word. And from that, the theme subject is going to be celebrate the word. Repeat after me. Celebrate Celebrate. the word. Let me ask you a question. If you were digging in your backyard to plant a tree of some kind, only to discover something unusually hard in the place where you were digging, and with a tremendous sense of curiosity, uh, you kept digging in that particular spot only to find a box that you dug up which had as its contents $2 million that suddenly became yours. What would you do? (laughs) How would you feel? You would be excited. You would be ecstatic. Your emotions would be off of the charts. 
your adrenaline would flow and your blood pressure would rise because of your inability to handle or contain your excitement. Maybe that will happen. Who knows? And your excitement because of the discovery of this hidden treasure would move you to tell others and hopefully even share your newfound discovery of wealth with those you love. Well, on Monday, April 14th of this year, my wife and I flew to the Philippines to celebrate the translation of the Word of God to a people group who spoke the Kagayan language. They discovered the treasure of God's Word for the first time, like finding a hidden treasure they too were filled with excitement and exhilaration because of their newfound discovery. When I had the opportunity to preach in a little small house church named Jesus Hope of Glory Church, I challenged the saints, in about 40 or 50 saints in this house church, I challenged them to celebrate the Word of God and and God gave me this message to them, which I thought that he gave, that I wrote over in the spirit in the Philippines. And since God got a hold of me there, I wanted you to get what God had given me there. And today, Maranatha, I bring this same challenge to you because there needs to be a rededication to the word of God by Christians in America. Because we, for the most part, are no longer excited about having the Bible in our own language. Can you imagine this book? This is the book. Our missionaries, um, uh, Jackie Huggins, she uh, worked on this book, uh, the Bible, with a translation team uh, for about 24 years. And now she is about 60 years old and a, a couple named the McGregors. Uh, were also on that translation team. When they started working on this translation project, they were 34, and when they finished, they are now 64. Can you commit over in this little island that we had to, off, it's a little island off of the Philippine coast. We had to, Tony Evans and Lois and my wife and I and a couple of us, the president of Whitcliffe, we had to travel up off this little, by this little eight-seater on this grassy run, runway, take off, fly on this little island where they speak the Kagayan language and they worked all these years in those third world conditions denying themselves the pledges of this world and all the amenities and the comfort of this world so that a people group could have the Bible in their own language for the very first time. It, why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? That is tremendous. I talked to McGregor, uh, Brother McGregor, and I was talking with him. I said, man, that's a long time you were over there and all that. He said, you know, I, you know, God has gifted me very extremely intelligent brother in Christ. Uh, and uh, he said, and I contemplated being a pastor of a church, and I know I can impact a lot of people that, that way. And he said, Miranda, how much more could I impact people since God has given me this kind of gift of languages and to be able to do this? And uh, he said, what a legacy I can leave for generations to come long after I'm gone 
that they could have the Word of God in their language. And it was such excitement and exhilaration and all the things. We had celebrations after celebration because of the language coming, of the Word of God coming in the language of the people. How long have you had the Bible in your language? How many of you all was born having a Bible somewhere around? Let me see your hand. Now, you know what? That is a blessed privilege. I remember my mama's house, uh, we all didn't have Bibles as we, you know, not everybody have Bibles, you each member of your family, but, but we all didn't have Bibles when we were coming up as young, but we always had that one great big Bible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you wrote in there your family tree and your family history and had a picture of Jesus and, and all that. And the book was a two-ton book. It was a big one. And it was sitting in the living room. How many of y'all had that came up? All y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you had a Bible. And now we got Bibles, all kind of Bibles, big Bibles, little Bibles, Bibles and many translations, all kinds of Bibles. And yet we let dust collect on our Bibles. Isn't that, isn't that sad? They were so excited, and we've had the Word of God so long until we've gotten too familiar with it. And what Jackie was saying, she said, well, she was telling my wife and I, well, she was doing our translation work just down the road there from her house, so you can go right down this area, and this people group still don't have the Word of God in their language just down the street, so many languages in that area. And she said, they are still waiting to get the Bible in their language. And we've had it in our language. And we got to think about if we're going to read it. We have to think about if we're going to bring it to church. And that's something. And we all need to repent of our attitude toward the Bible. The Bible. Beloved, God has always desired a relationship with his children. And he cultivates that relationship through speaking to us. You don't talk to one another, you won't have a relationship. Let's now review historically God speaking directly to his people. Last night my nephew was in my house and we had a wonderful time together. He said, well, what, what is the primary reason for reading the Bible anyway, uncle? And I said, well, because God longs to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship. And he cultivates that relationship with you by speaking to you and you're talking to him. When you pray, you talk to God. Amen. And when you read your Bible, God talks to you. And God longs to have communion and relationship with you. And how many of y'all know that God is still speaking today? God is still speaking, and I'm glad he's still speaking. And, uh, and we want to see how God spoke even historically. Y'all going to hang with me? We're going to even put the scriptures up in its entirety on the, script, on the screen, if everybody keeps up with me, because we have a number of scripture to go uh, through to see how God spoke historically in order to have, because he wanted to have relationship with you, you and I. Number one, in the garden, God spoke directly to Adam and Eve, cultivating a relationship with them, giving them instructions as well as consequences for rebellion. 
in the garden. God talked to Adam and Eve. He talked with them in the cool of the day. He talked with them. He communed with them. Uh, They had relationship, and he wanted to have relationship with his children. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, if you turn there rapidly, if you can't, just look at the screen. If you can't turn there, uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you see God speaking. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. We see God saying, and I underlined that, I had that underlined, and the Lord God commanded the man saying. He spoke to Adam and Eve, and uh, he talked with them. He He gave them instructions, and he gave them consequences should they violate those instructions. So you see God speaking in the garden. And there's so many scriptures, I can't do them all for time's sake, but we'll do some highlighted scriptures. Look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, and you'll see God continually speaking historically to his people because he longs to have relationship with his people. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, God spoke to Abraham. So we see God speaking to Adam and Eve. Now, hundreds of years later, we see him speaking to to Abraham. And it says in Genesis 12, 1 through 4, now, look at this. Now the Lord, underline this, had said. You notice that? Had said. In other words, he had talked with him what? Previously, right? Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord, look, as the Lord had what? Underline that, had what? God speaking, spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Aaron. You see, God tells him to get away from his family. Sometimes God wants you with your family, and sometimes God will move you from your kinfolk, because your kinfolk get all in God's way. Amen. <laughs> And some of you trying to get back home and getting back around your folk is some of the worst thing you could do. (laughs) Amen. And some of you, God calls you to go back home because God has dealt with you away from home. Now he wants you to go back home to be an evangelist to your own people to see them come to Christ. You know, so God does. But God told him to leave uh, that pagan, the uh, the pagantry and all those things and And God was, he left not knowing where he was going. But that was all right because he had God as his divine compass, amen? And so we see Abram uh, striking out and moving on, leaving his family uh, at the command of God because God spoke to Abram. And let me tell you something, when God speaks, you know it too. Yes, you will too. Thirdly, In Exodus, God spoke to Moses. In Exodus, God spoke to Moses. 
in Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 7, as well as verse 10. Uh, Y'all hanging with me? Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 7, verse 10. 10, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, God was getting his attention, you see. And, And this is how he got his attention. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, getting his attention, in other words, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, look, he's talking to Moses now. God said, Moses, Moses, called his name twice. Let me tell you something. God knows your name. How many of y'all know God knows your name? God knows how to call you. Oh, I remember when God called me to preach. God called my name, and he called my name twice uh, for day in the morning. And, and uh, everyone will have those experiences, but he called my name and, and told me to preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, and so I'm saying that God knows your name. He knows where you are. God knows your address. And you can call yourself running from God all you want. When you're running from him, you're still running to him because he's everywhere present. God knows your location, and when he wants you, uh, he knows how to call your name. Why don't you call your name now? One, two, three. Say it. God knows how to call that name. <laughs> he'll call it, too. He'll call it in the He'll call He'll get your attention. He'll get your attention. He said to Moses, and he said, Moses said, here I am, verse 5. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Because God is so awesome. Verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You see, God talking to Moses, uh, calling his name, getting his attention with that burning bush. That bush was burning, but yet not being consumed to get Moses' attention because he wanted Moses to hear the voice of God. Isn't that good? Number four, in Joshua chapter one, verses one through three, as well as five through seven, you see God speaking to Joshua. God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, verses one through three and five through seven. God spoke to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord, there it is, what? spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. No man shall be able to stand before you, Joshua, all the days of your life. And I 
as I was with Moses, oh, isn't that beautiful? As I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand, to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. You know, that's, that's powerful there. Do not turn from the, from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Some of y'all are no longer prospering because you've turned from the path of God. You, 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 God said you got to stay on the straight and narrow way. You, you got to stay in the path of righteousness in order to prosper from God's perspective. And we see God speaking to Joshua after Moses died, God spoke. Number five, God also speaks through dreams. Say dreams. He speaks directly even in dreams. In Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17, you see God speaking this time, but it's through dreams. In Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17, it says, verse 10, now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones on that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then Jacob dreamed, and behold, a letter was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. That's a tall letter. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Verse 14, also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, Jacob, and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have, what? Spoken, look at that, spoken to you, God speaking. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. Let me tell you something, when the Lord is in the place, you know it. You know it, the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. But when the Lord is in the place, you'll know it. But here, Jacob didn't know it. And look, verse 17, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Wow. Experiencing the presence of God and God speaking to him. Number six, 
in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse, verses 8 through 10, and verses 16 through 18, God spoke through prophets. So we see God speaking through people, God speaking through dreams, and we see God speaking, we see God speaking through prophets. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, and verses 16 through 18, it says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant, what? Hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Look at God talking to Samuel. And there again, when he called Moses, he said what? Moses. Then he said, Moses. And here he's saying, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak. For your servant hears. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. This is verse 16. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me, boy. In other words, God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and he had had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Wow, that's awesome. God speaking through the prophet Samuel. Number seven, in Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through eight, God spoke. We, We see God continually speaking through prophets. Uh, He spoke through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. You say, man, we're using the Bible and going through scriptures. Isn't this Maranatha Bible Church? Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. God speaks through another prophet named Jeremiah. And it says there, then the word of the Lord came to me, what? Saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Wow. Verse 6. Then said I, Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God, behold, uh, 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 I cannot speak. Lord, you know I'm young. I'm just a youth. Verse 7. But the Lord said to Jeremiah, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, 
please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.